All right, we're gonna get started, and it looks like it's still live even after I messed up on the screen, so we're good. Okay, we're gonna get started, and yeah. Thank you for joining us. Um, I did send out a bulletin earlier this evening, uh, just a little bit ago, to your emails, and I also posted the uh, digital bulletin on the church's Facebook page so you can uh, catch up with various details. There's not really much going on because of the coronavirus. A lot of stuff has been canceled, at least for the rest of March. We'll just be meeting digitally in various forms. Um, and a couple of events have been canceled already in April. Um, others will likely be canceled um, just due to um, uncertainty with the coronavirus. So um, we'll keep you informed as we know details about different things that might be canceled, um, such as the church cleanup day on April 18th and um, also our plans for outreach on April 12th. So we'll keep you updated on those as we know more for sure. And um, let's go to Lord in a word of prayer before we get started. Father, we do thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the fact that we are able to come. We are able to um, look at your word and to see how your word um, instructs us to uh, respond to who you are. We thank you that you are a faithful God, that you are good to us, and that you allow us um, to have the ability to continue to meditate on who you are and how we should respond to who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> uh, I forgot to pull up my notes. Now we're good. All right. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 25, verses 19 through 34 this evening. And as we enter this passage, I, I want you to think about the question, how do you respond to um, something that you value, something that you think is precious to you? I remember back in 2013, uh, Bethany and I had done a lot of ring shopping, and so uh, Bethany kind of knew that I was interested in asking her to marry me because we'd gone ring shopping a number of times, but she wasn't expecting me to have bought a ring. And one day, and I think it was July, I bought a ring and I came home and my sister was home, and I came to my sister and I said, hey, I just want you to know I bought the ring and it's in my dresser. And I called her upstairs, I took her into my room, and I'm like, this is where the ring is, okay? So if anything happens to the house, like the house is gonna burn down or anything drastic like that, your primary responsibility in life is to go up to my room, into the dresser, dresser grab that ring, and escape with the ring in hand because it was way too expensive for us to lose. I valued it, and so I treated it with great regard, and I. And I sought to make sure that it was protected, it was cared for. And as we look at Genesis chapter 25, you'll see that there are things that are precious that should have been valued, but they're treated with disregard. And as those items are treated with disregard, as those blessings that God has allowed various individuals to have are treated with disregard, it brings about great loss. It brings about great strife. And as you and I go through this life, as we go through the, the times that we interact with each other and we fail to embrace the blessings that God has given us and we choose to instead disregard the things that God has given us, it actually ends up with us also experiencing 
strife. It ends up with us experiencing loss. The big idea is the danger of disregarding God's bountiful gifts remains. The danger of disregarding God's bountiful gifts remains. If you would, uh, let's let's read the text, and then we'll dive into some of the more um, distinct details. This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One person shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, and he was, he had, he was, he was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with the same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. As we enter the text, you, you begin by seeing that Jacob has a disregard for God's blessing. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by Jacob has a disregard for God's blessing? Well, God has given Jacob specific blessings for himself. And it's interesting, as we enter into this whole account of Jacob's blessing and Esau's uh, blessing that he also has, or his, his uh, status that he has. It's interesting because we enter there having come out of Genesis chapter 24 and the early part of Genesis 25, which Genesis chapter 24 highlights the fact that God is a God who guides and that God guides his servant who willingly submits to him. And you see the servant is guided by God, and God brings him to the woman who is supposed to marry Isaac. And then in Genesis 25, at the very beginning, you see that God is continuing to care for his people. He's continuing to see that his plan is fulfilled, that the people who he has chosen to be blessed, that are going to be the source of blessing for all the nations, continue to prosper, that they're continuing to accomplish what God has given to them to accomplish. And so it's really interesting, it's really weird, and 
you have to imagine that Isaac is sitting here going, what in the world is wrong? Why is this the situation that I find myself in? And so in verse 20, um, we find out that he's married. And then in verse 21, he's pleading with God. Why is he pleading with God? Because his wife was barren. She was not able to have children. And in the midst of all this, he pleads to God. And Rebecca, his wife, is con conceives. God answers Isaac's prayer. And as we, we think through this, how exactly has God blessed Jacob? Well, God has blessed in that he even allowed him to be born. He opened Rebekah's womb and provided the ability for him to be born. But God's continued, continued to bless. In verse 23, you see that she goes to God in verse 22 and she's like, why is there all this conflict? Why is, why is this happening inside me? And God says, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And so God's telling her, look, the younger person is actually going to be more prominent. He's going to actually receive the blessing. And so just even the birth order situation and all that, God has promised Jacob that he is going to be blessed by God, that he has a prominent place. And as you continue to work your way through the text, you see that he's continually fighting to accomplish something that he doesn't have yet. And so as you enter into the next section, you're going to see that this continues to build, that this problem continues to be apparent. Verse 24, So when their days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called him his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. And so then you move on in the text, and you see that Esau also has a disregard for God's blessing for him. Even though Esau has been told that he's going to serve his younger brother, he still has the birthright as the older son. And as he enters into this situation, you see that he has a disregard for his blessing, his status as the older son. And so as the boys grow up in verse 27, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And so you, you begin to see that there is this strife. There is this divisiveness in this family unit. And it really, I think, comes from this the fact that they are in constant conflict because neither one of them accept their status. And as neither one of them accept their status, it leads to, it leads to loss, <clears throat> especially for Esau. And it leads to strife among this family. As you continue to move on in verse 29, you really begin to see that Esau also really disregards the blessing that God has given him. And so as the oldest son, he had the birthright. He had the right to a lot of wealth as this older son. And as he receives this, he disregards it. And he, he seeks immediate gratification over this long-term thing that would have 
provided great wealth for him, great status for him. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And you see his complete disregard in verse 32. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die, so what is this birthright to me? It's like, I don't care about the birthright. I desire immediate gratification over what I could receive. He has a disregard for the, the blessing that he has. And so it leads to his loss of the blessing because he's willing to trade it for a little bit of stew in the moment. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? He has a disregard for the blessing that God has given him. Then verse 33, then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. He's willing to trade what God has given him for something else. Something that is far lesser. And as you and I, we sometimes choose to willingly disregard what God has for us. And as you and I choose to willingly disregard God, there is still a great danger. As you think about that, what are some of the blessings that God has given us? What are some of the things that we have received? And some of them we can't disregard and completely get rid of. But we can fail to see them actually living, uh, us living inside the truth of those things and actually seeing ourselves mature, grow, and become more like Christ. One of the blessings that we enjoy is God's salvation. Okay? We have the ability to be, be saved by God, to receive forgiveness of our sins. And how do we receive that? We receive that because of who Jesus Christ is. Christ died for our sins so that we can come into a right relationship with him, so that we can be forgiven of our sins. Furthermore, we, we enjoy God's faithfulness. That's one of the, being the key themes that we have seen as we have worked our way through Genesis, we've seen God's faithfulness as a fairly consistent theme that God is a faithful God and God demonstrates his faithfulness in different ways to different people. God demonstrates his faithfulness by guiding Abraham's servant. God demonstrates his faithfulness by caring for and seeing Hagar as she's out in the wilderness. God is a faithful God. And yet, you and I at times have a disregard for God's faithfulness. Furthermore, we, we sometimes have a disregard for God's word. God's word is, once again, a great blessing. As we read God's word, as we meditate on God's word, as we memorize God's word, you, are, you and I are able to understand who God is. We are under, able to understand how we are to relate to our God. And so, uh, God's grace and, and the fellowship that we have with other believers are all the blessings that we have. And yet, as you and I have these blessings, these blessings are available to you, they're available to me. 
and yet you and I can show disregard for these blessings. Sometimes we, we show disregard to these by, you know, coveting what somebody else has. We might look at somebody else's demonstrations of God's faithfulness, and we might see that they have something that we don't have. And as we look at God's faithfulness to them by providing them with that car or providing them with that house or providing them with that job, it can lead us to disregard God's faithfulness in our own life, to fail to see that God has given us our very own blessings. And as we fail to see those, it leads to a loss of the joy of that blessing. God has been faithful to you. God has been faithful to me. But as I meditate on God's faithfulness to you and I, I covet that, I can lose sight of the fact that God has been faithful to me and that God will continue to be faithful to me and that I am in return to live in faithfulness to him. But there's also the danger of us um, not being grateful. That goes along with the whole idea that we've kind of been talking about. We fail to maintain our eyes on the fact that God has provided you and I with salvation, that I no longer have to pay the penalty for my sins, that I can rest in the knowledge that Christ has paid the penalty for my sins, that I am no longer held guilty for those sins. And as I fail to do that, it leads to me not living as I should. It leads to a loss of the joy that I should have. It leads to ultimately strife within the church because my focus, my aim, my desire isn't meditating on the fact that you and I, when we came to Christ, when we believed in Christ, we were killed, we died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We have been raised with Christ. Why? To newness of life, to live differently. And as you and I fail to enjoy that fact, fail to meditate on that fact, it leads us to a similar situation as you see in this text where there is a disregard for the blessings of God. And the disregard leads to loss. It leads to strife. It leads to problems within the church. And finally then, there's the danger of acquiring the blessings we are promised through our own means. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to think, you know, well, I, I desire God's blessing. I desire God's uh, goodness, God's favor in my life. And yet we're not willing to rely on God, to wait on God's timing, to provide us with various things. Some of these blessings that... We've talked about like salvation. It's not something that you wait on. Some of these things, um, like God's word, you have a copy. If you don't have a copy, I'll bring you a copy tonight. But you have these things. You have God's enabling grace. You have God's spirit that dwells within you as a believer. You may not be submitting to him as you should, but you have him indwelling you. And so the question is, how are you um, responding to maybe what you feel is a lack of God's blessing? Are you seeking to acquire some of these things on your own means, in your own effort? Just like 
You see Jacob attempting to acquire what God has told him. You will get this. And yet he's unwilling to wait for God to give it to him. So he's he's deceiving his brother. He's working deceptively to accomplish his desired task. As you and I fail to enjoy the fact that others have received different demonstrations of God's faithfulness, as we fail to rejoice with them, and we maybe go about our own efforts to try and see that God will demonstrate that same kind of faithfulness to us, we really risk the, the danger of us also failing to see God's faithfulness and to, um, to live in harmony with one another. And so as we go through this coming week and as you, you struggle with the many difficulties that um, have been brought into your life with the, the coronavirus and all the other stresses of life and loss of jobs for a number of you, I would encourage you to enjoy the blessings that God has given you. Do not disregard them. Thank Him for His blessings in your life. Rejoice with others as they see God's blessings in their life. And as we do so, it'll allow us to be a unified church. It'll allow us to continue to pursue the same goal that we've We've been pursuing, that is to know Christ, to know each other, to care for each other, and to know our neighbors, and to care for them, and to love them, and to, to point them to Christ. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your, your mercy in our lives. We thank you for the fact that you are a God who has blessed us, who has given us all that we, we need. We pray that as we um, receive those blessings from you, that we would not be people who disregard them and treat them flippantly, but that we would um, treat them with the respect and the, the thankfulness that they deserve. And that as we, as we contemplate how you have been faithful to us, that it would encourage us and motivate us to continued faithfulness and um, love for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will um, once again be meeting uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Um, we might be doing, um, might be meeting via Zoom as well. Um, I might do a Facebook Live and also a Zoom meeting for maybe some of you that would like to try a Zoom. I think that might be a little bit better by way of conversation, especially during the prayer time. But we'll, we'll keep up the Zoom, or we'll keep up the Facebook Live as well, probably. Um, for those of you who may just want to tune in that way. But anyways, thank you for joining us and have a good evening.